Enlorn. And I'm Donna Grace. Welcome to the Life Rebalanced Podcast. Joining us today is Caitlin Hockett. Caitlin is a Gallup Certified Strengths Coach and a Certified Practitioner of the Myers-Briggs Type Indicator. Coupled with her master's degree in leadership development, Caitlin's focus is on helping people better understand and appreciate themselves and others. So thank you for joining us today, Caitlin. Thank you for having me. I'm excited. Great. Well, I wanted to start off by asking you what motivated you to become a strengths coach? Oh, good question. Um, I have always, from the time I was really little, I was really into anything about personal development and self-improvement. I think it started with things like quizzes online or Mm -hmm. astrology and things like that. Mm -hmm. And then I got really into Myers-Briggs because um, our dad, (laughs) Lauren and I are sisters. We are. are. (laughs) Our dad brought home a book all about personality types and our family used it and I found it really helpful. So then when I was at a job in my mid-20s and everybody was taking what was then called StrengthsFinder, it's now called Clifton Strengths, I got really into it and I ended up doing a big spreadsheet with everybody's strengths on it to find out um, you know, where the gaps were mm-hmm. that we could possibly help fill or what department's greatest strengths were and mm-hmm. things like that. And so when I got my own results back, it was really eye-opening because I found that my second strength out of my top five was positivity. Mm-hmm. And that wasn't necessarily a surprise to me, but it was it was eye-opening in the sense that I was in a master's program at the time to become a therapist, which I really enjoyed. But I was finding that some of the feedback I got sometimes, and even the feeling I had myself, was that in our mock counseling sessions that we would do with our classmates, some of the feedback I would get was that I would I needed to not jump so quickly to positive perspectives on things that Mm -hmm. might be difficult or finding silver linings, which is totally true because therapists really need to um, be able to sit in discomfort and, you know, right. But that's also very much a part of who you are as a person. Exactly. So when I saw that written there, it's like written in black and white, that positivity is one of the very top things that I do. Mm -hmm. And I realized it was something that it can definitely be helpful as a therapist, but it was something that I was finding in my courses that I was hiding it a little bit. Or you, you may have even felt like you were failing at this program because you were doing things that were a strength, just not in that arena. Exactly. And I think that there are things that as a therapist, it's great to have a, as a secondary strength, but maybe not the thing right up front. Mm-hmm. And so around that time, I started exploring other options. And that's when I ended up in the leadership development program that, that I graduated from because it was very, very close to counseling, still working with people and helping people, but just in a different capacity mm-hmm. in which positivity was a really, really powerful, if not necessary asset to have. Mm-hmm. So that took you to become certified. Right. So I, I wanted to then share that sort of clarity with other people. Okay. And what would you say is the advantage to getting clarity around what your strengths are? Maybe you could speak a little bit about what this assessment actually is and how it works. Yeah. So the assessment, um, it, it basically there are 34 strengths or talent themes that Gallup has found. And as it goes there, you know, what they say is that we all have all 34 within us in some way. And what this assessment helps show you is the areas in which you seem to have the most potential or proclivity for certain strengths. Okay. 
So when you get your top five back out of these 34, basically that helps shed light on the areas that may already be strengths Mm -hmm. or the areas where you have talent and show an inclination to be really great at something that if you continue to work at it, it can become a strength, like flexing a muscle. Okay. And do you, do you find that a lot of people, when they take the assessment and they get their top five strengths, they go, oh yeah, I already knew that. Yes and no. Okay. I think um, like me with the positivity, it was like, oh yeah, of course. But then when you see, gosh, out of these 34 things, it's one of the top five things. It can you know set off light bulb moments for people. Or they see things that Maybe they've been told it's a detriment mm-hmm. to, to something, uh, you know, in their set of qualities in their life, depending on the context they've been in and the environments they've been in. So that's why this is so important because suddenly when you see, oh, this thing that maybe I thought wasn't helpful to have is actually an asset and maybe I just need to be in a different environment where it's something that's more valued. Mm-hmm. So you typically are working with people in the workplace, in yes. giving these assessments. It's workplace and university students as well. Okay. And do you work with individuals? Also? Yes. And what would you say are some of the advantages to knowing what your strengths are? I think when you know what your strengths are, because one of the things that I say a lot is that um, I see this especially when I do personality typing with people. Mm-hmm. They might be stuck between, I don't know if I'm this one or this one. And they'll read through the descriptions and they'll read the strengths and they'll say, yeah, that kind of sounds like me. And then they read the areas for improvement or what we otherwise read as weaknesses. And they go, oh yeah, this is one is me. Mm -hmm. Because so often in life, we recognize ourselves more readily by the things that we feel like we're not good at because they seem to be glaring. Because it's a struggle, right? Yes. It becomes more obvious. Whereas our strengths maybe just naturally come to us. So we don't really view them as anything special. Exactly. It's sort of um, one of the exercises we do in workshops is to show people by illustrating with handedness, you know, we all, um, not all, some people are ambidextrous, Mm -hmm. but most of us have one hand that we favor. And it's the one that, you know, you write with so fluidly. And I ask people, what does that feel like? to write with your dominant hand. Mm-hmm. And I just get silence, just crickets in the room because mm-hmm. nobody has the words to describe what something so natural feels like. Mm-hmm. But then when I ask them to then sign their names with their non-dominant hand and let me know what that feels like, it's groaning and laughing and mm-hmm. everybody has something to say about how awkward it felt and frustrating mm-hmm. and difficult. And to learn what our strengths are and the areas where we feel like we're in flow is so powerful because can you imagine being in a workplace where you felt like 80 plus percent of the time, you're writing with your non-dominant hand. Mm-hmm. You know, So knowing what your strengths are, you can begin to look for areas where you can, for more of the time, we, you know, we all have parts of our jobs that aren't our favorite and mm-hmm. it's good to challenge ourselves. But if the majority of our time is spent not in that strength zone of natural flowing abilities, mm-hmm. um, it can be very, very frustrating and exhausting. So I think knowing is the key to then figuring out okay, how do I use these as tools in the work that I'm doing? Or are there even totally different projects that I can ask my bosses about getting involved in? Or maybe it's a career change. Mm -hmm. It really just depends on from person to person. Mm -hmm. And I would imagine that a lot of the focus is on strengths in the workplace and working with teammates and, and looking at each other's strengths and how you could best team up and leverage and even just understand where each other are coming from. And part of what we discuss on the Life Rebalance podcast is really 
navigating the balance between not only professional life, but also personal life Mm -hmm. and, and where those two come together. So would you say that those strengths translate not just to the workplace, but also to our personal lives as well? Absolutely. That that's definitely eye opening for people too when they start thinking, you know, they might take it at work, but then mm-hmm. start thinking about it when they get home and recognizing it. You know, I had a counseling professor who liked to quote the phrase, the way we do anything is the way we do everything. I, I think I've adopted that from you as well. <laughs> good. It's a good one. Mm-hmm. It's a um I yeah, I can't take credit for it, but that's um it's something that I have seen at play in my own life mm-hmm. and in the lives of people who I've coached. You know, for instance, that that positivity piece, mm-hmm. I definitely use it at work. I definitely use it. I coach myself in my head all the time. I have a negative thought. I'm immediately thinking a positive one to try mm-hmm. to balance it, you know, which isn't always what you want to do. Sometimes, like I said, sometimes you got to sit in the, in the <laughs> difficult stuff. So can but, sometimes our strengths be more of a weakness if it's overused. Yes. They can, they can hit a point and it's like everything's on a bell curve. Mm-hmm. Um, they can hit a point where it may not be benefiting you. You're sort of wearing out. It's like the tires on a car. You've really mm-hmm. worn out or the brakes um, and it's time to shift gears and enable another one of these other tools. So if you think of your top five strengths as a toolkit, mm-hmm. you're not going to need a hammer for every single problem you come across. And sometimes the hammer is going to break whatever you're dealing with. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you need something that is for more fine-tuning things, or maybe you need to sand something. So sometimes, do you mind if I use you as an, an example? No. Yeah. Um, so do you actually want to run through yes. my... Mm-hmm. So Donna, Grace, and I both have taken the strengths assessment and gave you our top five to look yes. at. Um, yeah. So I'll do a little quick rundown. Okay. So Lauren's top five are relater, which is being able to relate one-on-one with all different people Mm -hmm. and finding connection points. Mm -hmm. Strategic, obviously thinking strategically about the best path to get to solutions or a goal. Analytical, analyzing Mm -hmm. anything and everything that Mm -hmm. comes across your path. Maybe a little too much. (laughs) Discipline, being able to stick with things like schedules and routines, even when you really don't feel like it, Mm -hmm. which is not my strong suit. I'm very jealous. And then intellection, being able to turn over ideas in your mind. A lot of us might hit a burnout point when maybe you you would have a much greater threshold okay. for sitting on ideas and turning them over in your head. Yes. And then Donna Grace has also a wonderful set of strengths. She has achiever, which is pretty self-explanatory, mm-hmm. wanting to achieve things, having that sense of wanting to check everything off the list um, by the end of the day, every day. Um, futuristic. Again, you know, kind of self-explanatory, but it's just being forward thinking Mm -hmm. and planning. And we talked all about, I mean, as financial planners, obviously that very much comes into play. But one of our first episodes, Donna was sharing her answers to some questions I'll be asking you a little bit later, but Uh talking about how really being very forward thinking about how she is operating her financial planning practice, which her dad has done a tremendous job building, but she realizes that it has to shift and change and grow to continue to serve people into the future. Mm-hmm. So that's very much one of yes. the strengths. Yes. And not everyone would necessarily take the time to stop and think ahead that yeah. way, but it's probably, it's the water she swims in. Yes. So it's just how she thinks. Her third one is input. Um, mm-hmm. Input is a fun one. And I'm going to talk about her fourth at the same time. So she has input and learner. I often talk about these in conjunction with one another because they're similar, but there is a distinction between the two. Input is wanting, you know, when you think about inputting data, Mm -hmm. people with the input 
strength, they want to take in information and absorb it from anything, anyone, everywhere, all the time. Mm -hmm. And they keep it in files in Mm -hmm. their brain um, because they want to be able to use it at any point in time in the future. Mm -hmm. People with the learner strength, they really want to, they just love the process of learning. They Mm -hmm. love learning new things. And so they look very similar, but if you have just the learner strength without input, you may not necessarily care so much about whether you retain that information. Mm -hmm. You just love the process of Mm -hmm. it. So to have both means you're just almost constantly always taking information, always filing it away. Mm -hmm. And then her fifth one, which I love in conjunction with these, Mm -hmm. because I would think this would be difficult, but her fifth one is focus and focus being that, that ability to be able to focus in, hone in on one thing and really give it your all. Mm -hmm. That is definitely Donna. And it's interesting to me that we actually have no overlapping strengths, even though we are very similar in a lot of ways. So these strengths, I would imagine, might show up a little bit differently to help propel us toward the same end result. Yes. I think that's huge to recognize that um, a lot of times people wonder, okay, I have these strengths, so what field of work should Mm -hmm. I be in? Sometimes you might get an inclination like, oh, these would do very well or might be common in these certain fields, same when you look at personality Mm -hmm. types. But honestly, anyone can pursue any field of study or of work that they want to, no matter their set of strengths. Mm -hmm. They're just going to, their methods may be different than others, but they can achieve the same results. Okay. So each of us as individuals, no matter what our strengths are, have the ability to achieve the goals we set for ourselves and be successful in a given career. It's just knowing your strengths really helps you navigate. Like you said before, if you know what tools are in your toolbox, you know how to use them together to achieve your goals and do the things that you need and want to be doing. Exactly. And if you think of it like before you take an assessment like this, you might have somewhat of an idea of what your strengths are. But in my mind, I just see like what my husband's toolbox looked like before he cleaned it out recently. <laughs> it's just a total chaotic mess and you would never be able to find the things that you need. But taking an assessment like this is like doing what he did. He put up a big thing in the garage. He got all the things to hang everything and he he has one of everything that he needs. Uh-huh. And now he knows exactly where to go when he needs it and it takes no time at all and it's automatic. And that's, yes. that's what I strive for, for people to figure out when they take these assessments like this. So you can leverage your strengths efficiently. Yes, which you would love. I do love that. <laughs> I do love that. And so... What strengths would you say, are there any strengths that really lend themselves better to developing the habits that Donna Grace and I talk so much about developing to help support your goals and development and forward progress? What if you don't have, for example, in in my list, I will say, I would imagine that discipline is a Mm -hmm. big one for me as far as being able to stick to something I tell myself I'm going to do? Are there are there other strengths that you find that really help people in that area? So there's sort of a twofold answer to that. Okay. The one is yes, sort of. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then the other is no. Mm-hmm. So so the, the yes sort of answer is there are four domains of strength. Okay. So as I mentioned, there are 34 different talent themes that they've found that can be strength, you know, be built into strengths. And those four are executing, which mm-hmm. discipline would fall into, mm-hmm. as well as responsibility or focus, achiever, 
Then there's also strategic thinking, okay. influencing, and relationship building. Mm-hmm. So on the face of it, having an executing talent would be amazing, you know, if you're wanting to get things done. Mm-hmm. However, you can leverage other strengths to mimic other ones to achieve the same result. So okay. different means to the same end. Okay. So Can you give us an example. Yeah. Like? So I've had to figure this out because mm-hmm. when I got my results, so funny story, when I first got them, I did not have empathy in my top five. And because mm-hmm. I was in a counseling program at the time, mm-hmm. I was devastated to not have Aww. empathy. So you I, do have empathy, by the way. <laughs> thank you. Maybe it's number six well, or seven. As I found out. Uh-huh. So I paid the extra money to see all 34 mm-hmm. at the time. And it turned out it was number seven. So if anyone gets their top five and is bummed that they didn't see certain things there, mm-hmm. if they were to see all of them, they may find it's in their top 10. Okay. So because I did that, I found out that my 33rd and 34th strengths mm-hmm. <laughs> out of 34 were discipline and focus. Oh gosh. <laughs> so as you can imagine, this was a little upsetting. And I found that even in my top 10, I only had one executing strength that mm-hmm. fell into that domain. So I was a little discouraged. At so first. is the executing strength the one that you would affiliate with getting things habits done and getting things done? Okay. Yes. Getting things done, following through. So what I say is the people who have those will be able to typically find a way to follow through on something, whether or not they care about it or are passionate about okay. it. Okay. But that just goes to show what the rest of us will have to do to mimic these executing mm-hmm. strengths is in my case, it's tapping into my values or my passion. And I figured that out via somebody else who pointed that out to me. When I was getting certified, um, there was a woman there who was very accomplished and I was very impressed and mm-hmm. you know admired her very much. And we teamed up together to do a session together because she was looking at my strengths and going, oh, those sounds so fun, positivity mm-hmm. and woo. And, you know, and I looked at hers and she had focus, discipline, responsibility, achiever. And I was so jealous because I felt like, man, she must get so much stuff done. And I told her I, I was really discouraged by looking at my 33rd and 34th mm-hmm. um, talent themes or strengths. And she pointed something out to me and said, well, but I said, I would do things whether or not I care to do them or I'm feeling like doing mm-hmm. them. But for you, you have that strong positivity and your number one is strategic. So when you get excited about something, you're going to strategize and figure out the best way to get it done. And mm-hmm. your positivity is going to fuel you. Not to mention you have that woo, the winning others over, which is in the influencing domain. She mm-hmm. said, you may get other people to help you get things done. Right. And to build on that, I also have connectedness. I see how all things are connected. It helps me see how people are connected. Mm-hmm. And it would help me figure out who has the strengths to help me in the areas that I'm lacking. Mm-hmm. And so when she painted it that way, I realized that there was a way to hack this mm-hmm. and that I could use my natural strengths to get just as much done as somebody who has those natural get, mm-hmm. get it done mm-hmm. strengths. Mm-hmm. Okay. I love this. So it's actually one of the advantages of knowing what your strengths are is knowing really, instead of in your case, beating yourself up over the fact that you don't have focus or discipline mm-hmm. in the top of your list you decided to find ways to leverage the strengths that you do have to achieve your goals. Exactly. That's fantastic. Well, I really appreciate you sharing all of this with us. And I have a few questions to ask of you actually before we wrap up our conversation. Awesome. 
And one of them, actually the first one has to do with focus. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) We talk about how we have many areas of focus in our lives, but at any given point in time, one area tends to take up more of our attention than others. Mm -hmm. So my question to you is, right now, what is your primary area of focus in life? So my focus has kind of been on getting focused. Mm -hmm. it's so what we always say is you can develop other things. You know, you, if like, if you wrote with your non-dominant hand every day, you would eventually be pretty decent at it. It's mm-hmm. not going to ever probably come as naturally as, as your dominant hand. But so focus is one that I do work on. And so I did things, I've been doing things like, you know, doing the KonMari method in my house and, mm-hmm. and reading about minimalism and implementing those things because I have, two pretty big things in my life. One Mm -hmm. of them being my career aspirations and the other one being that I have an 18 month old son. Mm -hmm. So I feel that in trying to get focused and simplifying my life, that helps with figuring out how to balance those two things. Okay. So my focus is focus. (laughs) (laughs) Focused on balancing, finding that balance, which we all know might be a never ending quest. That's what I'm finding. (laughs) (laughs) But it's, but it's, you're, navigating the newness of being a relatively new mom and balancing all of your career goals and aspirations. Exactly. And so in what areas of your life would you say you've had to give yourself some grace in order to be able to focus on that? Yeah. So the thing that has helped me, I would say, again, that strategic and positivity come into play here. Mm -hmm. I have so many ideas and Mm -hmm. goals. You know, I have courses I want to create and I have Um, a podcast that I'm working to produce. And I have had to realize that I may not be able to do all of them right now. Mm -hmm. I have a tendency to want to do it all right now and then feel discouraged that I just can't because I don't have the capacity or the bandwidth. As we've discussed, you can do it all, just not all at the same time. Exactly. So I feel like being able to strategize and I've been able to discuss with people in a little mastermind group I have and, Mm -hmm. and figure out, okay, I'm going to do, like you said, I'm going to do all these things, just not right now. So it's okay. I can write them down and I can strategize what order I'm going to do them in, what's going to be the first focus. Then Mm -hmm. as time goes on the next, because before I know it, my son's going to be in school Mm -hmm. and I'll be able to accomplish those things um, more readily. So I would say that I'm giving myself grace in realizing that all things will come in due time. Yes. That's a really key point. I'm glad you've adopted that mindset. I try to. (laughs) And as you're, as you're navigating all of this, are there any habits or systems or things that you can share with us that you found help support your efforts? Yeah, there are, there's one, well, two, two little things I do. Mm -hmm. Um, One is I, um, so my son really likes to nap in the car, almost prefers to nap Mm -hmm. in the car. So I've been working on transitioning him, but for the time being, accepting things in due time. Yes. Um, I, when I do have to drive him in the car, I will queue up certain podcasts that I've been wanting to listen to that are either about podcasting mm-hmm. or about topics that I'd like to cover on my podcast. And through that, I even made friends because I've reached out to some of the hosts of those podcasts. Mm. And um, it's been a really a fruitful thing to have done. And I also listen to audiobooks in the car. Mm-hmm. I used to fall into that fear of, oh, does that not count as reading? <laughs> but to me, um, definitely counts as reading. Right? So to me, if it's the difference between not 
in putting that knowledge into my brain yes. or doing so, I'm, you know, I'm going to listen to the audiobook. So I do a lot of that to pull more ideas for what I'm going to cover on my podcast. And through that, I have found little life hacks to implement. One of them is just do something your future self will thank you for. Oh, I love that. <laughs> thank you. So I, I believe, well, it's from a few different, I won't give any one person credit because a few people have talked about I, this in well, their I books. Remember, but, well, yeah, but Gretchen Rubin specifically. Right, yes. She wrote uh, The Happiness Project and she also has her own framework around... Yes, The Four Tendencies. Yes. Mm-hmm. Which is just a different We could do a whole other sh- episode yeah. on that one day. We'll have um, Yeah, she's awesome. We got to meet her in person. We did. Yeah. Um, so yeah, you're right. That is where I first started thinking about it when I read The Happiness Project mm-hmm. and did a book club on it. So she talked about doing something your future self will thank you for. Mm-hmm. And that if something only takes like a minute or so, just do it now. Yes. So I combined those ideas. And mm-hmm. so I do things like, this is probably my strategic at play again. Uh-huh. If I'm leaving a room, I take everything that doesn't belong in there and I drop it off on the way to where I'm going. So there's trash, there's laundry, there's whatever. And I walk uh-huh. out of the room and I stop by all those places. Uh-huh. And if I didn't do that, my life would be even more wild than it is. Yes. You're leveraging the time that you have in the car for something that is benefiting you mm-hmm. professionally mm-hmm. in the future, something your future self will thank you for. Right. And also in line with your minimalism, really simplifying your life. Mm-hmm. You're trying to keep things organized yes. little little bits at a time. Yes, because that is a never-ending quest as well. It is. It is. Well, I love how you shared how your strengths play into that. And I appreciate you having the conversation with us. If people are interested in finding out what their strengths are, how how would they go about doing that? What are some things they could do? Yeah. So they can um, do a few different things. If they want to find out their strengths, they can get a code and on gallopstrengthcenter.com. Mm-hmm. Uh, they can also order the book there or possibly even Amazon. But if you go on Amazon, I would say ensure that it is a new copy mm-hmm. because each book only has one code in it. Okay. And then on the Gallup Strength Center website, they also have a Gallup Coaches directory. Mm-hmm. So they can find coaches there who are near them or they, if anyone felt so inclined to do coaching with me, I have a website, caitlinhockett.com. And we will... We will put that in the show notes because it's quite the lengthy name to spell. Yes. <laughs> it's not the easiest way to have people find you. No, but that's okay. They will be able to find you if they're so inclined. Well, and also you mentioned you're going to have a podcast coming out. Yes. Um, so I've had to move the date because, um, as I mentioned, life with an eight month do everything all at once. Yes. Right. Um, but I am currently actively working on producing and publishing my podcast, L-I-F-E with an E-N-F-P. And for those who are familiar or may not be familiar, ENFP is a Myers-Briggs personality type. And mm-hmm. it's one of the 16 types and it happens to be my type. And so the podcast is about my taking information from all of these self-improvement mm-hmm. um, podcasts and books from people like Gretchen Rubin, mm-hmm. Brene Brown, mm-hmm. Greg McEwen, Tim mm-hmm. Ferriss, taking all of their information and filtering it through the eyes of an ENFP and sharing what has worked best for me and what may work well for others. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. Thank well, thank you so much for being on. I'm looking forward to your podcast. Thank you. Thank you.